know, sometimes even those that perspective of the expectations that people have for us, we project those onto other people. Mm-hmm. And so, like, what do you think about the expectations? What do you think about the expectations that your parents have for you? Um, I I'm questioning them now because. I was going to say they had a lot of expectations for me, but now I'm wondering like how many of those that I put on myself, Um, but very similar. Like I feel the expectation was, you know, you go to school, you get good grades then you go to college and you get a job, you know, like you just, that's just what you do. Like that's, that's just what you do. Um, So I kind of stuck with that. But I think that for me, like I'm an instant gratification type of person. Mm -hmm. Like I need to if I'm doing something, I need to see results. So like if I'm putting forth effort in school, I want to get the best grades possible. Right. Um, Like, you know, I want to have a a good career. I want to make a difference. And I feel like a lot of things that I've done. You know, especially like growing up until now, it's been like, oh, Devin, we're so proud of you, you know, whatever. So just knowing like, OK, they're kind of waiting for the next. What can they be proud of? So I've like found myself like, all right, what what can I do now that's going to make them super proud of me? Um, so I think a little bit of that was put an expectation on myself. But in doing so, I feel like it makes me a better person, not better than anyone else. But, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of like keeps me like always going, always trying to do the next thing, always wanting to be productive. So half of the expectation I feel like my parents had for me, and then the other half I was probably putting it on myself. Welcome to Open Relationships, where we talk about all things in the LGBT, LGBTQ plus community from A to Z and beyond. I am your host, Solomon. I'm Devin. And I'm Tay. And so we are a man short today. Yeah, why has everybody gone to <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody know where he is? I don't. No, I don't either. I'm just leave it at that. Uh, well, I kind of like the lighting better in this seat, so... Oh, so you you just going to take advantage of the whole thing. It. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy tonight's show. Let's go ahead and get started. <laughs> well, maybe we just go ahead and boot him on over to the, the corner. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So how how's your week been? I had a good week. I actually got Teacher of the Week for last week. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I'm Teacher really excited about that Um, just because I'm fairly new to the school still. Mm-hmm. So just to be able to like build such a good relationship with all the students and the staff um, and then for them to acknowledge me because it's like, you know, we don't need to be acknowledged. But of course, when you do get that acknowledgement, you know, it feels good to know that you're doing your job the right way and, look, and beyond. Look, teachers really need to be acknowledged because... Right now, there's a teacher shortage. You have like 60 plus kids in a classroom, some classrooms. I was about to say, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Not you, but I remember we had a redistricting when I was teaching high school in 
a local county. Mm-hmm. And we had like 40, between 40 and 60 students in a classroom. Oh, like no. there was a day I was sitting on top of the filing cabinet. That has to be illegal. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's why you didn't. But the kids the had county. to go somewhere. It's not the county that I work in, even though we don't have 60 kids. No. But it's not the county it's I work not. in? Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. But teachers, y'all are doing an amazing job. Oh, thank you. Thank you for everything that y'all do. Yeah, definitely. Y'all are welcome. But it is what made me quit and become a counselor. <laughs> <laughs> and I can see why. <laughs> Love my job, though. Don't think I don't. <laughs> Tay, how's your week been? Um, this week's been pretty good. Um, other than all the people passing away, it's been okay. So you did say there are yeah. a few people that passed Yeah, away. I lost like four friends in one week. Yeah, sorry like, to hear that. It's, yeah. it's crazy, but you know. I guess it's just a circle of life. Yeah. How are you dealing with all that? Mm, um, I was dealing with one, and then it's just like one came after the other. So it's like I can't stop grieving. Like I'm constantly grieving. Like these are people that I've known. Like you know, these are like close friends. So I'm just like, damn. And they all around the same age, so it's kind of scary. Like they all just dropping dead. You know. And so young. Yeah. Yeah. So young, but you know. All I can do is take it one day at a time and keep pushing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you do have my birthday events to look forward to. Girl. That might cheer you up. <laughs> really? I mean, it will. <laughs> it's going to be a good time. Yeah, Devin. That'll definitely cheer me up. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> so, that, so that's where we go? Okay. <laughs> is that how we help we, people agree? Yes. You do something. You want to offer them some type of like... Something that you know might make them feel better or something they'll enjoy. Tay enjoys having a good time. My birthday is going to be amazing. We're going to look amazing. <laughs> and you're going to feel amazing. Thank you. That's it. Okay. I'm sorry for all your loss, but guess what? I'm alive. I'm still here. Let's celebrate me. <laughs> Only Devin. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I just want you to feel better. That's all. Yeah, I will feel better. I'll be okay. Um, I'm handling though. It's just like I said, I'm just... I'm taking more time to appreciate the people I still have, you know, because, like, again, we just never know. And seeing all this happen so, like, suddenly, so it make you really appreciate the people you do have around you right now. Even the ones that you have, like, you know, if you had bad blood with and stuff, like, I've even reached out to people that, you know, I haven't talked to in a while just to let them know, like, hey, you know, I know we had our issues in the past, but, you know, life is too short to just hold on to grudges and stuff. Let's just move forward and, you know, enjoy the time we have together because, yeah. This yeah I feel like you're talking to me because I, I, I like when you're as you're saying that, I'm thinking of a person that I need to probably reach out to. Um, and not that I did anything, but it was just kind of like, I guess it was like it was that person's fault. Um, and things kind of went <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not surprised? That okay. <laughs> but no, I, I know how to take accountability, but in this case, like I didn't have to react the way I did, so I will take accountability for that. However, it was it was that person that kind of initiated us or got us in the space that we're in. Um and because my feelings were hurt so bad and I was so pissed off, um, things just went like away. Mm. But you know, to your point, like I definitely and this person is family. So I feel like I definitely need to, you know, of course, listening to this reach out to them yeah. and just try to at least make things right. Yeah, if you can make it right, make it right. It's not worth it. No. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. Solomon? My week has actually been pretty good. It's been a good week. Um, we hit a very big milestone at work. Mm-hmm. Um, I have 
um, friends in town. I have a friend in town, and <laughs> and so I'm, I've really just been enjoying my time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. You got a nice glow and smile and don't everything. I? Don't you I? Do. Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I do. Thank you. That must be quite the friend. <laughs> it is. Oh, it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'll drink to that. <laughs> Look, I will drink to that. <laughs> Look. <laughs> right, All right. So it's up to you. Now. It's your turn. It is my turn. So tonight we are actually being sponsored by Crown again, but this time they gave us the um, Crown Peach. In the can, production told me not to reach with the whole mic situation, y'all. But um, so we have Crown Royal Peach, and it's actually a peach tea. To me, it reminds me like literally like a legit Southern peach tea. So like if I was going to maybe not my grandmother's, but somebody's grandmother's house, you know, down south, this would be something I would drink. It just happens to have alcohol in it. So I don't know. I say go get you a can or two um, and sit back and sip it. So you bring this to somebody's grandma's house. No, you're not listening. I said that this tastes like a tea that I would drink at somebody's grandmother's house. So, like, say I just said, hey, do you have anything to drink? And she's like, oh, yeah, I got some peach tea for you. This tastes like regular peach tea. Like, you can't taste the alcohol. I wonder what's the difference. I don't know. We should ask them. Well, well what do you mean, what's the difference? Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, with a bottle, you can actually taste the, the alcohol. Well, so you can the taste pour. it. True. Well, but that's I think too. this is, um, it might be less percentage. I think it's tasty. Yeah, it's really good. I like it. Thank you. Thank you, Crown Y'all don't, Peach. You don't, huh? Crown Peach, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Crown Peach. I appreciate it. Do you like it? I didn't drink that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have time, right? <laughs> So I mean, but I have had Crown Peach before, and it, it does taste good. Okay. So yeah. you would recommend it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Crown. Um, but I, I think that, well, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to talk with Tay today. Um, so we're going to start off with our review. We had our homework um, this past week. We all listened to Babyface's um, new album, Girls Night Out. And what did you guys think of it? What did you think of it? Um, so I actually enjoyed it. I've listened to it a few times. Um, it wasn't what I was expecting from him. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I think my favorite song is Whatever, um, with Tink. I really like that song. And I also like the song with Baby Tate too. Um, those two, I think I listen to more than any other songs. But um, kudos to Babyface. Like, I guess he's trying to say bitch, I'm old, but I still got it, you know, because he did his thing. What do you think, Devin? I liked it. It wasn't what I expected. I expected something more old school, like you know, Me old too. school baby yeah, face. Yeah, baby face, um, yeah. And I would have appreciated that more, but I did enjoy the album though. Um, Simple is my favorite song with Coco. Coco Jones? Yeah. Okay. Um, that's my favorite song. Um, I don't know, just kind of, it kind of brings back or brings up like a lot of feelings, not in a bad way or like about a particular relationship, but just kind of like puts me in like, you know, lovey dovey, relationship y type of mood. And I like that. So. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I I enjoyed the album. I, it's not what I was expecting. Right. Um, my favorite song would be "Liquor" with um, Ari Lennox. Her voice is she just had a most unique yeah. voice. I love like, Ari Lennox. Yeah. For me, like she could do no wrong. Yeah. So when I heard the album, that was the song that just I gravitated back to. So when you're like, I listened to it a 
few times or a couple times. Yeah, that wasn't me. <laughs> uh, and, but, you know, like, when I think about these old school artists, like, when Maxwell released that album, Pretty Wings, mm. that reminded me of Maxwell. Mm. Like, that it was that was so very much Maxwell. And I, I, I enjoyed it. And then he had that, um, was it an orchestra, a live band in the back? Like, people don't make music like that yeah. anymore. Um, so I was hoping to get, like, you know, Babyface is who you listen to when you... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you you ain't even got to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what old school Babyface song y'all like? Ooh. I don't even think I can name one. My favorite is Whip Appeal. Ooh. That is my that song. Is <laughs> I would go with Whip Appeal. Whip Appeal? That would be... I think that would be my number one. I love that song. Yeah, I wish he could have given us that vibe on this because imagine using like Tink, Coco Jones, like all the Ari Lennox, like mm-hmm. imagine like him coming with the old school babyface vibe and them having to match the vibe with their moves. Mm, I feel yeah. like that would have been good. Yeah, I, I felt like this was a babyface album celebrating women. Yeah. And I, I, I have a lot of appreciation for that. Yeah. Yeah, these are the women that he uses stuff. They don't get as much light and shine as they should. Um, and I think that was more one of his purposes of doing it. Cause you know, Baby Tay, she's not talked about a lot. Or even our links, like you know, she just put out a second album and stuff. You don't really hear people talk about it. She's on Love and Hip Hop, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, she's on Love and Hip. She's a rapper and a singer. Yeah, I was about to say, I she um, she does both. She's very talented though. Um, so it's like those she's artists. Very she's very talented. Yeah, you ever heard her music? No. Um, I've only seen her on Love and Hip Hop, and okay. she wasn't that talented on there. When I saw her, <laughs> but I, but that was on TV, so I don't know. Well, I think she's very talented. You know, she's very she has her own unique style. Um, she does. And I enjoy that about her. Um, but yeah, I just feel like those artists. You know, he was giving them a moment, giving them a moment, and that's what it was—a moment. Queen Naji. Um, who else was on? I love Queen Naji. I love her too. It's not Nyjah. A Nyjah Queen. However, you know who I meant. Mm-hmm. No, well, y'all both said it, so I'm going. Well, I, I mean, I, well, I don't know, but I think that's how I, I, I think that's how I go. <laughs> but yeah, but like, I like her. her, yeah, I like her. I like her and what's the other? Uh, is it Dushi Doshi? I know you're talking about. I don't know who she is. She's new. Um, she performed on the BT Awards, and she's dope. Okay. Yeah, and I actually liked that, that song too because she did her. Would y'all thing. go to the concert? Who's like? Concert? Say it was in Atlanta, and Babyface did like a of that uh, with those songs. Yeah, I would. Okay. I I enjoyed it. I, I would. Like it'd be a cute date night. Yeah, I would. I would go. You don't agree? Um. So <laughs> we're saying this is a concert. Yeah, like you know. No, I wouldn't go to a concert. <laughs> but if it was like at Cat's Cafe, if it was like at Cat's Cafe or something that was intimate, okay, okay. with a smaller venue, okay, I would do that. Yeah, I think it would probably be a better experience that way because of the type of artist they have. Yeah. So that's a good point. But if it was like me going to an arena and watch it, yeah, no, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, so so. All right. Um. So moving on. So on the next part of my segment, we're gonna talk about Mama Joyce, which is if you don't know who she is, she is Candy Burris's mother <laughs> from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Monster in law. Yes, yeah, sure. <laughs> um. So Look, over the weekend, I say nothing, because he loves Candy, Mama Joyce. So, um. So over the weekend, um, at BravoCon, Mama Joyce was asked. If she could replace Candy's husband, Todd Tucker, with anyone, <laughs> who would she pick? And she responded by saying someone who had money. <gasps> and, 
<laughs> and Felicia, she also said that right. That's so ignorant. right because that's your son-in-law. Like I just thought that was like so. But I mean, it's not the first time Mama Joyce yeah. came for Todd. You right. know, she's Especially always said with his finances. Yes. So she was just like she would chose someone who was more on Candy's level financially, right. and but I just feel like Candy and Todd been married what nine years now. Okay. Like nine years. So I just feel like at this point, like enough is enough. Yeah. Like Candy at this point, I feel like Candy hasn't put her mother in her place when it comes to her husband because she's always dogging tied out even on the show yeah and i get that that's your mom and stuff but that's your husband that's your you know that's your partner like at some point all are laughing at all because she laughs it off most of the time when someone brings it to her attention i know that she always laughs it off because i mean she don't want to say anything negative but at some point you gotta be like, mom. Okay, this is my husband. We've been getting married this long. Like, either you gonna respect him or especially like, on TV? Like, you know, we're not just having like, little him. family disputes. This is for the world to see. Yeah, and you keep calling my man broke. Like, broke. That he's only there for the money. Like, what would you do if your parent, one of your parents, said that about your your spouse? Um. Well, prayerfully, I wouldn't be in a situation where. I make way, 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 way more than my husband. However, girl, did you really have to do that? Would you have to go there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, so hypothetically, um, but hopefully, I wouldn't be in that situation. But I would definitely check my parents, especially if, like, you know, we've been together for this long. Then you know that this person has proven they're not here for my money. They're not trying to take advantage, and we really do love each other. So, especially compared to like a lot of the, you know, celebrity marriages and things like that that you see, not to say that everything's great, but you know, if this is my person, then you got to back up. So I would just have that conversation. And if you can't respect it, then you can't come around. And you're definitely not getting camera time if you're going to be calling my man broke every chance you get. Like, thank you. We can't do that. Yeah, that's unacceptable. Yeah, that. Mm. But Candy's mom also wants all Candy's money for her. Yes, that's I truly believe that. Yes. Like, and she wants to make sure, God forbid, when Candy passes away, that she would be the one to inherit. And and she just wants to. She likes. She likes to be in control for one. That's what I've observed. And then she also doesn't realize that Candy's a grown ass married woman, and she wants all the money for herself. That's what I feel about her mom. Okay. Thank God I ain't got those problems. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I love my mother-in-law. <laughs> what, what would I do? Uh, again, prayerfully, not the same prayer, but, <laughs> but, but prayerfully, I wouldn't want to give my parent that opportunity. Okay. Um, because not only are you disrespecting my partner or my man, you're disrespecting me. Right. And so, like, you are the family I came from. This is the family I created. Mm -hmm. So you need to respect that. Exactly. Yeah, same here. Um, I don't have an issue with my mom or my mother-in-law, thank God. Um, but if I did, <laughs> I tell my mom my damn business. Yeah. And she knows that. So um, when it comes to my relationship, though, I don't involve my mother. I don't involve my mother in it. I don't involve his mother in it. It's just we deal with it and we keep it moving. Because at the end of the day, you have to think about once you bring them into it, mm. they always into it. Mm -hmm. so. That's true. Yeah, I, I think I had to learn that the hard way with siblings. Because um, like when my ex and I would go through things, like I could tell my parents. Mm. And they would be able to like you know, listen and give their input, but then still get around the both of us and act like, you know, I didn't just talk a bunch of shit about that person. Right. But siblings, it's not quite the same. So while the while they may try to still be like 
respectful to some degree is still like just not the same. So I learned that the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. I keep my problems to myself. Like yeah. between me and him, we either we're going to work it out together or we just ain't going to work it out. But right. bringing my parents is it because I don't like, Again, like with my mom, you know, my mother lives with us. So I would never go and tell her something that we have an issue because, again, we're all in the same household. I don't want her looking at him, at him crazy or, you know, vice versa. So now it's tension. Yeah. I, and I ain't got time for that child yeah. at all. So just keep it to ourselves, you know. I just feel like it's better. Like if you're in a relationship with your partner and y'all have that understanding, you don't need no outside, no outside help unless you're going to a counselor or something like that. Right. But as far as bringing your family and friends, to me, this is always a no. <laughs> it don't never turn out good. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Had to learn it the hard way, but I agree. I mean, I feel like there's people that you can talk to, though, you know, but you just got to know who those people are. Like people that are really for you, like have your best interest at heart. Mm -hmm. People that are not like messy drama. And honestly, somebody that's kind of spiritually grounded and connected. So that way, like I can trust that you're giving me advice from a place of like experience and like what God may have given you, you know, what, you know, like naturally what your spirit leads you to say and not just giving me, you know, advice from a place of jealousy or, you know, something crazy like that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And you you bring up a really good point. Like, I, like if I'm going to confide in somebody about my relationship, I'm, first, you need to be about me. Mm -hmm. And then you also need to be about our relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, like, there have been, I have, I have had friends who weren't advocates for relationships. And so when you fuss about relationship, their, their immediate thing is to be like oh you need to get out of that negative like, yeah yeah we no, no. <laughs> leave him alone no i definitely yeah. yeah i definitely agree with that just and i'm not gonna say but i'm gonna say this you you can share is you gotta know what to share right. like and be careful so let me share. ask y'all this so we're speaking of like you know people having your best interest at heart so how how do y'all navigate through like having people in your close circle who you feel like aren't there for you not there for you, like, oh, I got your back if you need something, but, like, there for you, like, I'm rooting for you, I support you, you know what I mean? Versus, like, I really don't really care for you, I'm a little bit jealous of you. But How they, do you navigate through those situations? But would they be in your close circle? Um, So some, so it's not a close circle, like, oh, let's go hang out close circle. Say it's, like, a business, like, close circle or or even a podcast, maybe. So, like, say there's a podcast group. Mm-hmm. I, I show up, I participate, but then I go about my business. Okay. Yeah, like I'm not going to give, like if I'm not, if I don't feel safe in the group, if I don't feel safe in the environment, mm -hmm. then you're not going to get all of me. I'm always going to be on guard to some degree. Yeah, I agree. Like, you know, if I don't feel comfortable like sharing things with you, then yeah, that's it's going to be business and keep it moving. Yeah, I don't, you know, I'm not real big on trust, so. Yeah. 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 Okay. Just a thought. What about you? Um, I don't I would probably be more so like you, I guess. Like just I'm gonna be like I'm kinda unplugging, I'm disconnected, and that's gonna be that. That's what I that's probably what I would do. Just because I feel like I don't know, sometimes if you address things and you're looking for like a result, you're not gonna get mm -hmm. that result because it's not really changing how the person feels. Right. They may act differently, but you know how they really feel. So sometimes it's not worth the conversation. I would just, like you said, just kind of unplug and yeah, let it be business. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Y'all sure y'all don't want any of my grandma's speech? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have enough. <laughs> 
Is that it for the menage a trois? Um, the yeah, pillow pillow talk, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. All right. So for today's menage a trois, um, Tay, you brought up this this conversation of how do we navigate expectations from outside of ourselves? How do we navigate expectations from like our family and our our parents? And so when you brought this question up, I really had to think about it because I grew up in a household where there was an expectation: you go to school. Or you go into the military, you have a career, you work that career for however many years, you retire, and then you do whatever retired folks do. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I went to school, got my degrees, and then like the whole work a nine to five kind of deal wasn't kind of my thing. Um, so I went into entrepreneurship, I went into um, management in certain spaces. Um, but I always navigated this world as a free spirit. Like I wasn't always bound to someone else's expectations of me. Mm-hmm. And so when you brought this question up, I remember a conversation that I had with my mom, um, especially after becoming a counselor. And we started talking about like expectation. I was like, you guys were very strict on us. And like, you know, we were expected to do this, this, and this. And she was like, no, you weren't. <laughs> she was like, all those expectations that you just talked about, you put those on yourself. Mm. And I was like, that's deep. Right. And of course, <laughs> she, she put that responsibility and that accountability right back on me. Right. And she was like, no, you came home with your first B and you cried your eyes out. And she was like, your brother came, mm. your, <laughs> your brother came home with other grades and we loved it anyway. Um, and, <laughs> and so she was like, you were the one who had to be the perfectionist. You were the one who had to do this and you were the one who had to do that. And like, um, I realized after that conversation that, you know, sometimes even those, that perspective of the expectations that people have for us, we project those onto other people. Mm -hmm. And so like, what do you think about the expectations? What do you think about the expectations that your parents have for you? Um, I, I'm questioning them now because I was going to say they had a lot of expectations for me, but now I'm wondering like how many of those that I put on myself. Um, but very similar, like I feel the expectation was, you know, you go to school, you get good grades then you go to college and you get a job, you know, like you just, that's just what you do. Like that's, that's just what you do. Um, so I kind of stuck with that, but I think that for me, like I'm an instant gratification type of person. Mm-hmm. Like I need to, if I'm doing something, I need to see results. So like if I'm putting forth effort in school, I want to get the best grades possible. Right. Um. Like you know, I want to have a, a good career. I want to make a difference, and I feel <clears> like <throat> a lot of things that I've done, you know, especially like growing up until now, it's been like, oh, Devin, we're so proud of you. You know, whatever. So just knowing, like, okay they're kind of waiting for the next, what can they be proud of? So I've like found myself like, all right, what what can I do now that's going to make them super proud of me? Um, so I think a little bit of that was putting an expectation on myself, but in doing so, I feel like it makes me a better person, not better than anyone else, but mm-hmm. you know, just kind of like keeps me like always going, always trying to do the next thing, always wanting to be productive. So half of the expectation I feel like my parents had for me and then the other half, I was probably putting it on myself. So um, not to get too far into the conversation, because I, I really want to uh, know what you think, but you talk about that that next thing, that next mm-hmm. thing. Like I was having this conversation with a 
nurse practitioner who got her doctorates. And then she kept, she, we were in this conversation. She was like, I want to go get this certification. I want to do this and this. And I was like, at what point <laughs> is it enough? Like, mm-hmm. at what point do we get to wherever we want to be and we're just like, I'm good here? For certain people, I don't think it'll ever be enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my case, like, I'll always be grateful. Like, even now I'm grateful, but there's there's still so much more that I want. And I feel like even when I do have way more money and, you know, like, uh, just different things that I'm working towards now, I'm still going to want more. Mm-hmm. And not in a sense of I don't have enough, but... I just feel like certain people, including myself, like are capable of so much and doing so much. So it's not really about things I need to have, but it's about like stuff that I want to do. So like how she's getting all these degrees and certifications, it sounds like she's going to have like 20 degrees and certifications and only do something with maybe one of them. Mm. So like that part, I don't really understand. But as far as like doing something where it's going to like yield a result or make the world a better place or, you know, whatever, like the, I, I don't want to stop that. So I'm kind of different than this girl. I don't know how she's like, I'm barely making it through my <laughs> master's program. So, like, thankfully I have, what do I have? Two B, three Bs and an A um, currently. You better have good grades without the, the <laughs> ditching and dodging of us. <laughs> it's a struggle though. But yeah, I don't, kudos to her, whoever she is. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, I'm not a school person at all. But here you are. Yeah, here I am. Hanging on by a thread in my master's program. <laughs> so tell you, what are your what are your what are your perception of your parents' expectations of you? Um, so I will say that I don't really I don't know if my mom ever really gave me any expectations. I think my expectations came from like being around like my family, seeing you know them like my uncles, aunties graduate from high school, go to college and stuff. So I kind of see that's where my expectation came from. Just like okay, that's what they did, and obviously that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, did I do those things? No. <laughs> like, as I got older and, you know, I started making my, like, my own choices and stuff. Yeah, that kind of took me off of that expectation route. Um, so, had I, I will say that I wish I would have stayed on that. But, you know, again, life happens and, you know, you start making your own choices and being grown and, you know, being fast and, you know. I was about to say being, being a hoe. <laughs> Not being a hoe, but just, you know. Fast. Like, oh, I mean. Same, I mean. Whatever. Okay, well, maybe that was my hoe phase. I don't yeah, know. I mean, that's fine. Well, no, technically it wasn't even a hoe phase because, I mean, I was with someone. But, I mean, it's just, I would say that choices that I made that I chose to make for myself, you know, landed me where, you know, where I'm at now. I mean, I'm happy where I'm at now, but then I would have preferred to have taken a different route. So what is one thing that you would have done differently that you can say like right now off the top of your head? Definitely stayed in high school. You didn't, you didn't graduate high school? Dropped out. I didn't know that. You didn't tell us. Did you tell us that? I don't think he did. Yeah, I don't think think he did. Yeah. um, Yeah, I I dropped out. Okay. And it was to um, 11th. Okay. But yeah, it was, um, like I said, it was my choice. Um, I was dating someone at the time and they had got like hurt really bad. Mm -hmm. And I dropped out of school to take care of them because like they had to have brain surgery and stuff. And um, yeah, I dropped out of school to take care of them. Do y'all still talk to this day? Like to some degree? Um... Kind of, sort of. I mean, it was my first love. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Did he get shot? No, he got beaten in the head like with a, a bat or something oh my like God. that. Yeah, and Why he. Did you ask that? 
mean, I don't know. Just like, I don't know. It could have been health related, but. But no, that's what happened. Hear somebody um, so young. He was gay bash. Brain surgery after. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was gay bash. Um, so when it happened, um, he didn't really have anyone else to take care of him at the time. You know, he had to go to, you know, therapy and everything. So I was missing a lot of school already. And, you know, I loved him. So yeah. I did what I had to do, you know, yeah. but. I wish I would have stayed in school, you know, okay. at that time. But do you do you ever think about going back and finishing? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Yeah, that's definitely on the top of my list, actually, actually this year. Okay. So yeah, okay. I'm gonna go back and finish. Um, you. Let us know. Yeah. What you, do. you know, I'm a teacher, so I can help you study. Yeah, I definitely. Um, that's definitely something I really want to do. Um, and again, like I said, I'm not. Um, I don't want to say I regret it. Which I do because the bitch cheated on me and shit, but. I mean, I did a good deed. I took care of him. I brought him back to, I, I brought him back to health. You know, he was a, you know, he's, I mean, he's still around, you know, but. He would have been back in the hospital. That's Because I'm going to nurse you back to health and then you're going to cheat on me. <laughs> yeah, you're going back to ICU. I mean, his life, but. What? It just goes to show the type more of. more violent than I thought you <laughs> <laughs> I just I feel like. You don't hurt my feelings. It speaks to my character, right. though. I, you know what I'm saying? I did it. You know what I'm saying? I did it out the kindness of my heart. Mm -hmm. You know, I sacrificed something that was very important to me. Right. You know, but at the time, he was very important to me, too. Right. So, I mean, it was just a choice I made, you know? And I live with the consequences of it, you know? But I turned out good. You know, my life yeah, turned yeah. out really good. So, I'm here. and I'm here. Like, right. But that's definitely something that I will definitely succeed and will accomplish. I definitely will finish school. Definitely. So even with all of the expectations that we've detoured from, do you still, this is a twofold question. So do you think that your parents are proud of you? And most importantly, are you proud of the decisions that you've made? I would say that my, uh, my dad before he passed away was extremely proud of me. And my mom is extremely proud of me. Um, and I say that just because they, they told me. Mm -hmm. um, and then they did things to show. They talked about, you know, whatever. But more recently, my mom and I went to brunch, like, probably two week, two about two weeks ago. Um, and we just started talking about a lot of things and, like, just catching up. And, like, it's just it's been a while since just she and I sat down and had a conversation. Um, so, and she even said, like, you know, I'm proud of you. Like, you know, I know that you're still working on, like, A, B, C, and D that you talk about. But I'm proud of you. So, um, it meant a lot to hear that. Awesome. Even at almost 34 years old, it still meant a lot to hear that. Um, My dad, I wouldn't know if he was proud of me or not. Said, Hold on, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think somebody has something to say. I don't have anything to say. I just love the almost 34, like the reminder that your birthday's coming up. Oh, what? He's going to do that up until, I'm sure, until November 11, child. We might as well get used to Make it. Make sure I give an P.O. box so our um, openers can send me gifts for my birthday. All right, I'm sorry, Terry. No, you're good. Um, But that's why my dad, I wouldn't know if he was proud of me. Honestly, I wouldn't care if he was or if he wasn't. But my mom, um, my mom definitely always lets me know she's proud of me. She knows she's proud of the man I've become. Despite everything I've been through and stuff, she always lets me know that, you know, I was able to, you know, overcome so much and, you know, still be here and stuff. So, yeah, my mom, that's my rock. She always makes sure that, you know, I'm like her favorite. She didn't want to say it, but I know it. Okay. <laughs> so now you say you don't care as far as your dad. However... Even with life being short and things like that, if you had the opportunity just to like sit down, have a conversation, express how you feel, maybe even ask some questions and then, you know, kind of let that be that and see where things go. Would you be open for that or you, you wouldn't want to do that? I tried. He's not open. Okay. So, mm, okay. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs>
Yeah. So. And are you okay with that? At this point in my life, yeah, I am. At first, I wasn't because, again, like, um, like I said, my dad went to jail the day after I was born. He got out when I was sixteen, so I was already damn underground anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, you're gonna get out of jail, you're gonna, you know, get to know your kids and stuff, but. He still never made an attempt. And then when I finally expressed it to him, like how I felt and that I would love to have a relationship with him, you know, he acted as if he wanted one, but he never put the effort. So, you know, I tried so many times to the point where I got to a point where I was just like, okay, I'm 30 now, child. It is what it is. Like, I'm over it. Do you ever take into account like his mental capacity being that he was incarcerated for, you said, 16 years? So now that that's an excuse, but, you know, they say a lot of people are institutionalized once they've been, you know, in, in an institution for so long. So do you think that has anything to do with it to where you would kind of give him a little bit of grace or you feel like it's been too long? He should have been able to put that aside. I mean, if it was if he was like that with all of us, then I would. Okay. But he's not because. You know, he has a very strong relationship with my little sister. Um, So it's just like his two oldest, he doesn't have anything to to do with like at all. And I just don't understand why when we both have tried to build relationships with him, you know. And at this point, I just feel like you don't want the relationship because, you know, we've offered it to you several times, despite that you wasn't a part of our lives. You didn't, you know, wasn't helped raise us or nothing. But you you didn't want it. You still don't want it. Like... To this day, my mom reached out. Like, even when I was in the hospital sick, they thought I was going to die. You think he called? You think he came by? Nothing. He don't want it. He don't care. And I've just, I've got to a point where I've accepted that. And it is what it is. He's the one that has to deal with that. Yeah. It's unfortunate. And he's, yeah. he's definitely missing out. And I'm not saying that just to, like, make you feel better or because, you know, we're friends. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he's definitely missing out. On a lot, so because this is law. I mean, at the end of the day, that karma comes back. Yeah, that's why I say so. he has to deal with that. I'm not, you yeah. know, I tried, I did my part. You know, as a child, as his son, you know, as his only son at that, you would think that he want to have, you know, a relationship with his only son. But yeah, in my opinion, you cannot be like given a ble- given the blessing of being a parent and not take care of the blessing that God has given you, you know? And Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, there's like addiction and things like that that may allow you to derail a little bit and struggle. But when you're like coherent and you're off of all that, then I think there's no way you can just abandon your children. I don't think that's okay. And yeah. I think that karma will always come back to people. And it's like I hate talking about him because then it makes me emotional. Like he doesn't, he doesn't deserve my emotion. Like he doesn't deserve. It don't because none of that. Like, but you no. Listen, listen. <laughs> <laughs> You're about to therapize. <laughs> go ahead, say what you were going to say. Well, no. So, um, but I will. I will go ahead and answer the question. So, um, I believe my parents are proud of me. Uh, my mom tells me all the time. And but we she and I discuss my life in depth 100 percent of the time. And my dad, it wasn't until I got older and I started recognizing certain things Mm -hmm. like whenever I would go visit him, he would drag me around everywhere. And at first I was like. Why are we doing this? Like I, I hate doing this. Like you have to go here. You have to go get this. You want to show you off? Like right. and right. So then I was like, this man is this man is dragging me around because he's showing off his son. Yeah. Um, which 
is a once I realized it, it was a really good feeling. Right. And so now I'm just like I, I just jump at the car and be like, "Hi, right, where are we going?" <laughs> exactly. So the day he stops dragging you around, <laughs> then you notice. Know I'll be like. <laughs> You want to go to Walmart? <laughs> so you're not still proud, you know, <laughs> what's going on? But, uh, but I'm also at that age where my parents are getting older. And so now the conversations are shifting. Mm-hmm. And like now the expectation is when we are gone, what are you guys going to do right. when mm-hmm. we are gone? And so now we're having this conversation about like, last will and testaments and last rites and all these other things that I'm just like, I have to get ready for it. Right. Um, Which was, which has been an interesting conversation, but it has definitely been like a buzzkill for like the last, I think these conversations started like the, within the last two years. Yeah. Nobody want to think about their parents leaving them, you know? So no, But how you were talking about people passing away, like the more people are passing away, just prompts for my family Mm -hmm. and prompts us to like say, okay, I know that we dance around this conversation, but let's like get serious. Let's have it. it. Yeah. Let's put things in place. Um, And I feel like nobody wants to have it. Like everybody hates it. Um, I was telling my youngest brother about my life insurance and like what who's my who my beneficiary is which is one of my sisters so that she can divvy everything up or whatever and he's like totally doesn't want to hear the conversation but then he's like well i guess we can go ahead and talk about it because it like you know it's real life so everybody should be having those conversations and it's funny because you're because you are about to be 34 and you're having these conversations like when i was 34 i was not talking about life insurance yeah when i was sick my family did not want to talk about it but we had to talk about it because like it was so bad but they did not want to talk about it they didn't want to accept it like being like just to remind (laughs) everyone i can say near near death yeah near death um so having that near death experience for people that are just watching the show like i what were your thoughts because when you like even told us like everything the only the main thing i could think of is like how is tate feeling like of what's going through his head like you know like he needs a tranquilizer or something just to like you know put him out of his mm-hmm. mind so he's not thinking about it so how did you feel um, so, so you you went okay you went straight to drugs <laughs> um, <laughs> i love Devin is going to <laughs> this man is hurting. Let's give him some drugs. <laughs> a tranquilizer. <laughs> um. So when I first when I first had a discussion with um my doctor and you know they were basically telling like what the prognosis was and stuff and what you know need to be the next steps. You know, it took me some time to I guess process it before I actually even told my family. Cause I had it to be able to be able to accept it first right. before I'd be able to convince them to accept it, um, which was very hard. And you know, when I when I was first going through it, I was just like, okay, well, this is what it is. You know, no, I'm not ready to go. No, I'm you know I'm not ready to tell my family that you know this is what it is. But I had to find some kind of way to make peace with it in order to be comfortable to actually have the conversation. Um, and what I did with that was I, you know, I prayed about it and I was just like, you know, God, if this is your will and this is what it's meant to be, if I've done what I need to do, then, you know, I'm ready, you know? Um, I told my family, I set everybody down, I told everybody um, what it was and, you know, everybody took it hard. They didn't want to accept it, especially my mom. But like, I told her that at the end of the day, you know, 
I'm okay. Like I've made peace with it. So I'm okay. I just want you to know that I'm not hurting. I'm not scared. I'm okay. So, you know, if this is what happens, then just know that I'm good, you know? And a lot of things with my mind, cause I'm like, wow, I'm so young. Like mm-hmm. this is like really happening. Like I really have to put a will in place and all of this. And I'm just like, this can't be like what life is, but it is, you know, because you just never know. But I just had to keep myself in a very positive mind frame. And instead of dwelling on what was happening, I just took that time to enjoy my family and friends, like, you know, while I was here and stuff. But actually, here I am still to this day, you know? Yeah. So. So you are. Yeah. Never mind. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I'm I'm glad he's still here because I mean these are the the kind of stories that we need to be sharing. Yeah. I was just gonna say for somebody that might be in a similar situation, so you're on the other side of it because you're no longer facing you know all that. So what would you say? Um, that might be at that place that you were in. I mean, keep fighting. You know, like. After everything, like even in making, even when I made peace, I, I never gave up. You know, like I accepted that this may be what it'll be, but that don't mean that I can't keep fighting. Like I knew I wasn't ready to die. You know, so I kept fighting. I kept praying. You know, I kept doing everything it was that I was supposed to do. You know, because at the end of the day, only God has the last say. So you know, and like obviously it wasn't my time. So you know. I just kept fighting. I, you know, I looked at my family, my friends. I looked how hurt they was. And that just made me want to fight more because I knew that they wasn't ready for me to leave. So that was like a big motivation, like seeing them like, you know, talk to me like it's not over yet. It's not over yet. You still, you know, you still got time to do this. You still got time to do that. Um, so I would say surround yourself around very positive people, you know, whether it's your friends, your family or whoever, because, I mean, when you have positive people around you, it makes you want to continue mm-hmm. to fight. Like, I didn't have no negativity. Like, it was no negativity around me. No one saying, like, you know, things like, oh, well, you're just giving up or anything like that. Because when I told them, I thought that's what they were going to say when I actually told them what was going on. So you just giving up? No, I'm not giving up. I'm just letting you know this is what it is. This is what I'm being told. So I'm just preparing you. Just in case this would happen. I've never said I was giving up, but I do want you guys to be prepared. I don't want it to be a surprise and, you know, I not say nothing and then, you know, everything just happens. So um, never give up, you know, because you never know what God has in store for you. And I feel like I went through everything I went through to be able here to tell this story today to maybe help somebody else, you know? Yeah. So. Absolutely. And um, before we move on, we didn't answer the second part of the question. So what was the second part? Are we proud of ourselves or how how proud of you are? How proud of you are you? Mm. Bitch, you know, you're proud of yourself. girl. (laughs) I I will say that I'm that I'm proud of myself. Um, And I will say I'm proud of myself considering certain things that I've been through and have been able to overcome. However, I had a vision for myself that I would be a lot further than where I am now in a few different areas of my life. Um, So I don't think that takes away from like any accomplishments or anything like that, but I would be more proud if like I, like my vision for myself went as planned. Um, And I know that that's like, you know, God has a final say, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so that, that's my. So is, is that, 
expectation that you put on yourself was that in like a time frame thing like by 39 i wanted to be in a relationship and i wanted to have this and i want to have this like by these certain dates and milestones or well answer that first yeah probably yeah because it's not like achieving this or that by the date that i had thought Mm -hmm. or planned um or would like to are, are you still working in a way that's allowing you to achieve those goals that you want for yourself? Yeah, I am. I am. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm proud of that, but I would be more proud if things were more solid. More thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think a lot of us go through that. I I can say that I am extremely proud of myself. I love the journey that I've been on. I love who I've become. Do I want more? Yes. And I think that's natural. Um, and I can I can take satisfaction in knowing that that more is still available to me. That's the part. Yeah. Yeah, that's the part. Um, and like there are little things along the way that remind me that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the shit and right. like I can I can speak myself up a little bit mm-hmm. because like even when we were uh, chatting the other day and you're just like Solomon you you do it all right and I was just like I do damn it I do, <laughs> I do. you do and, but it took it took so long for me to like pat myself on the back for that yeah because a lot of that is you know when you there was a period of my life when I was essentially on my own. I don't think I had to be on my own, Mm -hmm. but I was on my own to prove a point. Mm -hmm. And so I threw myself into survival mode. And so there was a lot of things that I just had to figure out. And there was a lot of things that I just did um, that now it's just like, people are like, oh, so you make shea butter? You you know how to make shea butter? You know how to design logos? You know how to do do all these things? And I'm just like... Well, shoot, if you need to make a quick do- dollar and someone needs some designs, like you sit down at a computer and you figure it out. Right, right. Um, and so, yeah, I can now pat myself on the back for all of that. So, do, well, do you want to answer the question first before I ask my question? Yeah, go ahead. So do y'all feel like, because it sounds like we're hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so do y'all, and we were talking about like deflecting and things like that. Do y'all think that sometimes we kind of like put those same expectations on other people? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Cause I'm hard on my fiance. Okay. Very hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a conversation this week with one of my sisters and we, we kinda haven't been talking for like a couple days. Um and we finally like got it together. But it was a it was my fault. Accountability. It was my fault. Jeez, but cool. I think that I in this moment, like I kinda like came across like I was disappointed, um, which I wasn't. But my tone kinda did that mm-hmm. and she felt it. And it's like, I love that my siblings don't like when I'm disappointed in them. However, it's like, I have to remember like this whole expectation thing. And like, just because I'm trying to, not trying to be a perfectionist, but I think I naturally just am. And I'm super hard on myself. Doesn't mean that you can kind of put those same like hard expectations on other people. So. That's true. Um, and I think the biggest part of that, and I think that's what makes dating very hard is because we have those expectations that we're placing on ourselves and we're striving to be something as opposed to just being. Mm-hmm. And then now you need to have a house and no roommates and you mm-hmm. need to drive a, this kind of car. You need to do this. And you you got to pay for this date. 
Exactly. And so now we're putting people at a disadvantage because we have these lofty goals for ourselves. Right. I remember when I was talking about... (laughs) Damn it. I don't know if I can say it. You can. Good. (laughs) If it's a person, just say... Um, I was going to say their profession. But if they see the show, when they see the show, they're going to know I'm talking about them. So remember, I was like, I think it was two weeks ago, and I told you I was meeting up with someone of a certain profession. Mm -hmm. And Ronnie's like, oh, you must be desperate because that's what they do. That's what they do. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, there we go again with the expectations. Because, I mean, ideally with his profession, I wouldn't think that he has, like, tons of money. But we don't know, like, you know, he may save money well. He may, And I'm not dating this person, but he may save money well. He may, like, have a trust fund or something. Like, you never know. Like, I feel like just because they have a certain job or profession doesn't really speak to their finances necessarily. You know the one episode that still kind of bugs me? What? Is when we had to talk about uh, when we were forced to answer. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it because uh, he's not here. Um, <laughs> but when Rodney forced us to answer, like... Uh, could you date somebody at this salary level or at this this pay oh, level? He did force us to answer. And I was just like, I could be good and no, no, give us. And so I was like, 50, 50,000. Yeah. Like, that 50,000 still bothers me. Why? Because, like, there there are people who don't make 50,000, but there, there could be a person who doesn't make 50,000, but could be everything that I need. Oh yeah, yeah, in in that sense, okay. Yeah, yeah. and so when I when I think about that fifty thousand, like it bugs me because I'm just like, like, like you could really be throwing a whole throwing away a whole future mm-hmm. because someone's like now is like, well, I don't make fifty thousand, right? And but shit, if you make more than fifty thousand, great. Right. Uh, but at the same time, it's just like you know when when we have when we start placing limitations on people. Mm-hmm then we're really placing limitations on ourselves. But that's I, a good quote that somebody should steal from the show. That's a good quote. Or, or you know, they could just say, hey, we we heard this on a relationship. <laughs> they don't need well, to steal not it. Steal it, but like, you know, I heard this on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. What's your thoughts? Um which question were we on? Right. <laughs> we were on the one where we were asked Oh, are you proud of yourself? Yes. Yeah. Oh well I, I definitely feel like I'm um I'm proud of the person I've become. Um, I'm not proud of that. I'm not where I want to be, um, but I am working towards that. Um, but overall, yeah, I definitely feel like I'm. Uh, um, what I, yeah, I guess I am. You know, been through a lot of shit, but yeah. I would have, <laughs> I could have took a pass on all that and still, you know. But no, I'm proud of who I am. I've become a really good person you know? really quickly while we're talking about being proud of each other uh, well ourselves before we move on to um left on red what would you tell your younger self oh shit so what would you like really <laughs> quick because we got we gotta like wrap it up soon, yeah but what would you tell your younger self so say like now what would you tell like your 11 12 13 year old self um this I would tell my 10, 11 year old self, you are enough. Oh, that's close to what I was going to say. Yeah. I And I would say that because, and just to give backstory for people who haven't been with us for 26 weeks, yes. um, but there have been struggles with self-esteem. There have been struggles with self-worth. And um, I think a lot of this conversation from today about those expectations that 
I primarily put on myself was just about not feeling like I was enough. Mm -hmm. I would agree with a lot of what you said. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say just, I would tell myself, um, be who you are. I feel like a lot of, and, and people like my family and friends even noticed like I wasn't really happy, happy until like I came out and like, you know, I'm comfortable like just being Devin. And I feel like I missed out on a lot of happier moments because I was so like, you know, like just not myself, like in a box, just like worried about people going to say, think all that. So should have just been myself from day one. Mm -hmm. Um. You don't have to grow up so fast. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Because I think one. that was one of my biggest. I think that was one of my biggest issues growing up, trying to grow up so fast, like trying to be grown, trying to date people older than me and stuff. So you want to fuck so bad? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, maybe so, <laughs> but you know, I like the older guys at the time. So you know, yeah. and I think that's why I grew up so fast because of the type of people I dated. That makes sense. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. I love it. Such <laughs> a good conversation. Even even with a serious conversation, you gonna throw some fucking somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just saying what it was sounding like to me, and it sounds like I was right. Cause you <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that. All right, so this segment of our show, um, you guys' most favorite and loved sh uh, segment, is left on red. So with this segment, for those of you that are just joining us, this segment, we have someone writing a letter um, and you can send it via email to openrelationshippodcast at gmail.com. Uh -huh. um, so you just send in a letter. And if you want advice, you want to comment, whatever the case, but just send it in. So tonight's letter reads, I'm writing in because I want you all's take or opinion on what I have going on. My boyfriend and I are high school sweethearts. And I feel like in a sense, our love is deeper than most high school sweethearts because we were together during a time where no one knew we were together. We started off as in-the-closet lovers, yes, mm -hmm. high school, and then senior year we came out and it was even better to be able to share our love. This was about seven years ago. To this day, I still love him, but the sex just isn't what it used to be. It almost sucks. I know a relationship is based on more, but great sex has always been a strong suit for us, and I'm not sure how long I can go on without being sexually excuse me, satisfied, especially because I know what it used to be like. Do I say something? Do I try to please myself more? What would you do? Y'all can go first on this one. <laughs> so, that's kind of hard. Ooh. What would y'all do? Um, <laughs> I would want to know what changed. I want to, I want to, I think, it, I think there's a conversation in there somewhere mm. because you've dated through high school. You shared this secrecy, this intimacy, like you guys were in it, which means that you wanted to be in it. And then you came out your senior year and then here we are seven years later and now the sex is not as good when it, it used to be great. Mm -hmm. Um, so there, there could be something going on. I think there's an honest conversation in there somewhere. So you would just mention it and go from there? Mention what? <laughs> the sex sucking. The sex is whack. I probably wouldn't say it like that, but... How would you say it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> would you mention sex? Would you just say something changed? 
I would probably say something changed, and then like one of the bullet points would be like the sex. Okay. So like ease the sex in versus the sex being the. Yeah, because the sex probably isn't the big deal. It's probably not the. It's not the biggest thing going on. Okay. Okay. Because I mean, you've been with this person like because they said seven years later, mm-hmm. and so you've been with this person for some time. Like you know this person. And so I'm also thinking, like, am I being selfish thinking about the sex as opposed to thinking about what's going on with my partner or what's going on between us? Because it, it may not be a partner issue. It could just be a us right. thing. Or shit, it could be a me thing. Well, you definitely just gave this person a lot to unpack. Um, but, I mean, I don't... I don't this is tough because I don't want to seem like sex is, like, everything. But sex is a big deal. And mm-hmm. I feel like... If you're noticing a change, then it's probably like the emotional connection that's changing. Yeah. So we need to figure out, like you said, is it me? Like, or is it you? Is there somebody else? Do you not feel the same? Are you stressed? Um, I would talk about it. Like if we always have great sex and now I'm still like horny after, then we need to talk. I agree. Um, yeah, no, I'm straightforward. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm just like, look, what's going on? I need to know. Cause I mean, you don't want to like What's what she say? You don't want it to be like you're there, and maybe when y'all having sex, maybe he's not there mentally. Maybe he's not even there in the moment no more. You know, like a child. Maybe you're just not good at it no more. Like, <laughs> so you saying maybe it's them? Yeah, it could be. Like, well, maybe said maybe you ain't putting out the way you used. To maybe he's just not enjoying you no more. Like, maybe you need to spark well, it up. Or so something. that's the difference. So that <laughs> the partner not enjoying them anymore is different than like this person's sexual abilities declining yeah maybe it's just the same old same old maybe he ain't switching it up maybe it's boring can you write us again and give us more details after this you might not want to i do i I do feel like i need more yeah i agree though um we need more as a story but yeah you might want to for now just chew on that piece of advice um but write us again so we can get a little more. I feel like if we had a little bit more of a bigger picture, then we can probably give more accurate advice, right? Yeah. I mean, like you said, sex is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Sex is a big deal in a relationship. Um, but I'm also like inclined to think like us, we are a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so like if there's something between us that needs to be fixed, then that should probably take priority. So if the sex can't be fixed, would you stay? So if there's something else in the relationship that's you're broken, not, you're not answering the question. <laughs> you going around it? No. So what, so if the sex can't be like I haven't had bad sex, so I don't know. So if God forbid, <laughs> knock on wood, you had bad sex and it can't be fixed, like for the rest of my life, and it can't be if fixed. We're in a good, a good, healthy relationship, but the sex just got really bad. Would you just? Would you be stay? Like, All right. I would. I would. Oh, okay. Devin? I don't know, because I feel like I, that would leave me wanting more. And I wouldn't want to, like, you know, like, bump into the wrong person and they just be trying to give me more. <laughs> and then that's it. So, um, not that I'm a cheater, but I just wouldn't want that. Like, I want to be completely satisfied. What about you? That's understandable. Um... All right, production stand, we got to go. But what about you? As you wear the ring on your finger. I know.
Um, Let's get into this hesitation. Oh, right, you be hesitating a lot. A lot, the questions right? that you should be like. I mean, yeah, I'll stay. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be hard, but I would stay. It would just be something that we'll just have to. Try to so you're just going to let him get away with that? I'll stay. I'll stay. <laughs> it might be a lot of self pleasuring, but I'll stay. <laughs> A lot of toys. Okay, go ahead and close it out. That's too much. I need, no, that's too much. But we have to go ahead and wrap. Are you going to close this out? I'll close this out. Oh, yeah, you close out anyway. Yeah. Duh. So thank you, openers. Thank you for joining the three of us as we, what do we do? We swallow swallow, swallow before we spit, right? I don't. We swallow hard top and spit our difference of veins. Okay. Wait, you said you don't spit? No. Oh. Really? Ever? Okay, bye openers. <laughs> <laughs>